people care about their car buying journey, provide your customers with an unparalleled chat and digital retailing experience with Goobagoo. Whether your customers are online or in-store, Goobagoo is there. See the magic at Goobagoo.com. That's G-U-B-A-G-O-O.com. Welcome to Daily Drive for Tuesday, January 10th, 2023. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News. And I'm Callan Walker. Today on the show, wholesale used car prices rise a bit in December. A new study says the U.S. needs to quadruple its charging stations through 2025. And GM, Ford, and Google team up to promote virtual power plants. Plus, a conversation about the ongoing U.S. sales battle between GM and Toyota. You could easily see Toyota be a repeater of annual sales crowds, right? Just because they'll be one of the only automakers with a full line of vehicles. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Wholesale used vehicle prices ticked up in December to cap off a year in which there were several consecutive monthly declines. That's according to one major indicator. Cox Automotive's Mannheim Used Vehicle Value Index measures wholesale used vehicle prices by tracking vehicles sold at Mannheim's U.S. auctions and applying statistical analysis to those figures. The index rose 0.8% from November to December. Still, wholesale prices were down 15% at the end of December from the end of 2021. Those figures are adjusted for mix, mileage, and seasonality. The number of electric vehicle charging stations in the U.S. must quadruple through 2025 to meet EV sales demand. That's according to a new study from S&P Global Mobility. The study says Americans could be driving nearly 8 million electric vehicles by 2025. That's a sizable leap from fewer than 2 million EVs on the road today. An increase in charges has already begun, and it will likely gain momentum. In 2022 alone, the number of charges grew more than the preceding three years combined. About 54,000 Level 2 chargers and 10,000 Level 3 chargers were added last year. The Biden administration unveiled a comprehensive blueprint for decarbonizing the transportation sector today. Transportation is the nation's largest source of greenhouse gas emissions and a major cause of air pollution. The roadmap, known as the U.S. National Blueprint for Transportation Decarbonization, was jointly developed to eliminate nearly all greenhouse gas emissions from the transportation sector by 2050. The blueprint is intended to guide future policymaking, as well as R&D and other efforts in the public and private sectors. Companies including GM, Ford, Google, and solar energy producers say they'll work together to establish standards for scaling up the use of virtual power plants. VPPs are systems for easing loads on electricity grids when supply is short. Energy transition nonprofit, RMI, will host the initiative which will also promote policies that support those systems. Virtual power plants pool together thousands of decentralized energy resources like electric vehicles or electric heaters controlled by smart thermostats. With permission from customers, they use advanced software to react to electricity shortages. For example, they can switch thousands of households' batteries like those in EVs from charge to discharge mode or prompt electricity-using devices such as water heaters to back off their consumption. VPPs have already improved grid reliability in such countries as Germany and Australia and in some U.S. states. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, 
Wholesale used vehicle prices went up in December, but after several declines earlier in 2022, what do you think it'll take this year to get that market to level out? I wish I knew. Uh, you know, look, it's all about supply and demand, right? And uh, maybe this is finally the leveling off after the rapid decline in vehicle prices, you know, from their highly inflated state. Uh, we'll see how the year comes. You know, usually there's a, a rise in the spring and the late spring uh, after you know tax refunds start getting out. So hopefully things have finally normalized. We'll keep our eye on it for sure. Uh, coming up, We'll take a closer look at the U.S. sales battle between GM and Toyota. That's next on Daily Drive. Dealers especially have, you know, over the course of the last two years, have proven even more essential. Of course, they were right. deemed essential by the government, even more essential from a consumer standpoint. You know, nothing stands still when you're in the car business. And if you're a dealer, like Jason Stein just told us, you should feel good about the future. You know, that's so true, Mark. And, and there's so much noise out there. So if you're an owner, a general manager, you're in sales or in service, how are you supposed to help your business thrive? Well, look no further. I'm Mark Spoto. And I'm Elliot Short. And we host the Walk Around Podcast, powered by J&A Group. We talk to leaders who are influencing the automotive landscape today, and we promise you will learn something new with every episode. That's a sure thing. I see what you did there. You like that? Well, we'll talk about it. Okay. Well, anyway, you can check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or whatever platform you're listening to. Just search the Walk Around Podcast. People care about their car buying experience, and so do we. Provide your customers with an unparalleled chat and digital retailing experience with Goobagoo. Goobagoo is the leader in conversational commerce for the automotive industry. Our fully managed live messaging services instantly connect consumers to dealers anytime and anywhere through live chat, text, video, and more. Integrated with our fully managed chat, Goobagoo's virtual retailing platform enables consumers to buy cars online directly from the dealership's website through multiple channels. We are constantly improving the retailing experience and currently have over 100 integrations with CRMs, DMSs, and third-party applications. Goobagoo transforms the traditional car buying process into a modern, transparent, and seamless experience. Available 24-7, 365, our highly trained chat specialists are there to help. See it for yourself at goobagoo.com. That's G-U-B-A-G-O-O dot com. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. The U.S. sales race between General Motors and Toyota took more twists and turns in 2022. After 90 years in the top spot, GM lost the sales crown to Toyota in 2021, but it quickly gained it back last year and finished the year on top. But will that hold up in 2023 and into the future as the two automakers take significantly different approaches to electrification? I talked about it with Automotive News GM reporter Lindsay Van Hulley and Toyota reporter Larry Veliquet. Here's our conversation. Lindsay Van Hulley, Larry Veliquet, welcome back to Daily Drive. Hi, Jamie. Thanks for having us. On behalf of Team LV, we're happy to be here. <laughs> I'm outnumbered by the LVs. Okay, so 2022 is a big year, important year in the auto market. Uh, another decline, uh, lowest year in 
uh, lowest out lo- lowest total volume in many years. But no surprises down the stretch. GM had taken the lead over Toyota, and it it held on and locked in the win. Really a pretty strong year, pretty strong result for GM in a down year. Three of their four brands were up. Lindsay, how'd they do that? You know, I think a big part of it from what they shared with me was just, you know, demand is still there and, and supply constraints are beginning to ease a little bit. So they've had some improvements in supply, which uh, which makes a big difference. Well, GM had been having some improvements all along. I mean, it seems like really the Detroit automakers that maybe got a little more blindsided by the original chip shortage really came back with a vengeance this year. And, and GM especially. It seemed like they hardly had any plants down other than those they were retooling for EVs. Yeah. And they also said that part of the issue in the fourth quarter of 2021 was that there was an impact from a disruption at a semiconductor factory in Malaysia. And so, you know, that you know, impacted then the Q4 results for 22. So there are gains there and that's just, you know, they're not contending with the same situation this year as they were a year ago. Yeah. To the extent they maybe could have made a push, could have, could have held on in 2021, uh, that, that late chip uh, shortage from Malaysia uh, really took the legs out from under them. So Larry, I mean, Toyota had seemed like they were managing the chip shortage pretty well, but they really took it on the chin this year. What happened there? Uh, I think what you saw, Jamie, was simply them running out of chips. They had one of the uh, industry's tightest inventories all year long. Uh, there were times when their dealers were, were measuring, uh, months where their dealers were measuring their inventory, their day supply in hours, not in days. <laughs> you know, they, they got down to about 18 hours at one point. You know, less than one of, day's uh, supply, two thirds of a day's yeah. supply. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in in certain circumstances, it it really got that tight. Part of that, of course, is that they have a very long tail uh, for some of their products. It goes all the way back to Japan, so they've got them on ships and in holding yards, and those those all get total. But what was at the actual dealers was down to hours supply, uh, and that lasted all year long, and it it kind of got worse. And they thought it was gonna it was gonna get better, but uh, yeah, not to be just kept not getting better. We saw it on a, even on a global scale. Every month they'd, they'd say they cut their production plan for the month, but say we still hoping to set a record for the year and, and it just never, never came to be. But let's wind it back a little more. I mean, how did Toyota really win in 2021? What went right for them? Well, what, what really went right is that they had chips and uh, because their supply chain is so global, they were able to, to shift some chips around and they they kept the dance moving longer than other automakers did. I mean, I think that's that's really a function of being the world's largest automaker uh, and having the world's most diverse uh, supply chain. I think that's, that's a big key there, right? After the big tsunami a, a decade ago, Toyota really worked to have double and triple source on their chips. I think they, they felt pretty confident even in this uh, tight, tight chip supply market. And then it finally caught up with them. They had, I think, some of their key suppliers got hit with COVID outbreaks or the earthquake last March, and boom, they were suddenly they were they they went from thin to emaciated. Yeah, yeah, and they they were suddenly in the same boat as everybody else, right? Still with the tiger, <laughs> with the tiger in the boat with everybody else, and and wondering who they were gonna who the tiger was gonna eat that month. You really saw it in Japan, especially where they would announce these, you know, hundred thousand unit production cuts that just look huge. You know, it, it 
largely because of their global scale. But they were they were off a lot. So, Lindsay, you know, GM has seemed to do a really good job on chip procurement this year, this year that just ended, 2022. But, you know, at the start of the pandemic and through 21, they they were really, really kind of hurting. Uh, any any sense of what what happened there? Well, you know, going back, you know, even before the, the chip shortage, you know, there was the pandemic, which sent everybody you know, just across the country down, you know, auto plants were down. It was in just this really unprecedented situation, you know, in the spring of 2020, where people just weren't producing cars and, you know, all trying to really contain this, this virus outbreak that was still very new at the time. And, and really coming off of that, GM had just, you know, a few months before just resolved a, a strike with uh, the UAW. And so, you know, it was coming off of that. And then the pandemic and then the semiconductor shortage, it's really been one thing after the other for a few years now. Yeah, they're short on inventory heading into a uh, weeks long, months long uh, production halt uh, really put GM behind the eight ball. It was kind of amazing. They held on to the uh, sales crown in 2020, but then it caught up with them in, in 21. So what do we think going into this year? Does Toyota bounce back and uh, and, and take the lead again? Or is, is GM uh, have, have their foot on them? Let's... Uh, Lindsay, let's start with you. I mean, what's the what's the mood at GM? How, how are they feeling heading into this year? You know, they're they're very optimistic. You know, they 2023 is going to be a big year for them when it comes to their EV rollouts. You know, they have uh, the the Silverado EV is coming. You know, there's there's a bunch of you know momentum beginning this year over the next few years as more of those EVs roll out. And you know, they also have a bunch of of ICE uh, launches. You know, the the Trax is coming. Uh, the Colorado, the Canyon midsize pickups are coming. So, you know, they're talking about a, a 15 million SAR in 23 with, you know, better availability of supply, you know, fewer constraints on the supply chain. So, you know, they're they're fairly optimistic heading into this year. Well, Chevy is back ahead of Ram in terms of full-size pickup sales. So, you know, if there's demand in that sort of construction and, and work truck uh, market, they should be able to continue uh, thriving, but uh, it's hard to tell with uh, interest rates rising and the, the risk of recession on the horizon. Larry, Larry, what's the uh, view at Toyota? Are they are they rooting for a rest recession, which they often, at least historically, have gained share during recessions? I, I don't think that's necessarily what they want, but uh, what's, what's the view over there? Well, they also are thinking that the industry is going to add about a million units this year all on additional capacity, right? And they think there's about five, somewhere between five and seven million consumers across the industry that are still on the sideline waiting to to buy a vehicle that they can't yet get. Uh, And they think that that you're going to see some of them, some of that additional demand get pulled off into the market if inventory grows. But that's the big question, right? Does inventory grow? You know, I talked to uh, Jack Hollis from Toyota, the new head of sales, just last week about what they saw from General Motors uh, after they lost the sales crown uh, in 2021 and what they said going about going forward. And here's what Jack had to say. You know, you've heard us say this, and it's the truth. That was never a target or a goal. Um, and honestly, I, I think we sort of recognized it as a group for a day and got back to our day jobs, which is... You know, making sure we're building the right cars for customers and trying to supply the customer demand that's out there. I think it was just a function of you know, our ability to sort of rectify our supply chain a little bit quicker 
but it certainly was never a goal that any of us sat around like, gee, let's beat GM. Um, and you know that from being around us quite a bit. That's just not how we think. So what beyond 2023, as we've seen, right, the, the calendar effects of, you know, when you do the counting can <laughs> makes a big difference. Uh, what do we think longer term is is GM willing to sacrifice volume in its push for electrification? Lindsay, is GM willing to give up market share in their push toward EVs? You know, GM hasn't given any kind of forecast like that. You know, I do know that they're going to continue ICE alongside EVs for a while. You know, those gas-powered vehicles, you know, kind of coexisting with the electric vehicles for some time. You know, the, the new Equinox and Blazer EVs are coming alongside the the gas-powered version. So, you know, there's that mix is going to be there for a while. It's not going to be a, a pure overnight uh, switch altogether. Larry, does Toyota see some opportunity there? I mean, EVs tend to be more expensive. It's still kind of a learning curve on how to how to make them efficiently. Does Toyota think, you know, they can, with the, the power of the, the Camry, the Corolla, the RAV4, all their hybrid line, get back on top and maybe stay there? You know, Toyota being Toyota, they're they're uh, all humble and we don't want to talk about it and and it's not on our plan and we don't really care about it but you know consider this Jamie that Toyota is almost the last full line automaker right and they're one of the only ones and they're taking gr- great grief for this they're one of the only ones who's who's not said we're going to be all EV by x date they want to continue with their hybrid strategy their customer centric you know powertrain buffet, uh, for lack of a, for lack of mm-hmm. a, a better word, uh, to let people choose what works for them. So last year when Toyota kind of swiped the, the sales ground from General Motors for the first time in 90 years, it was a one-off, we all thought at the time, but you know, maybe it's a harbinger of things to come. It depends on whether consumers are going to make the switch with automakers to pure EVs. If and they how don't, quickly. yeah, and how quickly, right? And if they don't, and long term, and you know, we're talking now seven, eight years down from here, you could easily see Toyota be be a repeater of annual sales crowds, right? Just because they'll be one of the only automakers with a full line of vehicles. So many questions going forward about the availability of of the minerals and the batteries, the tax credits. And of course, consumer acceptance. So many, uh, so many factors uh, to consider. Lindsey Van Holy, Larry Veliquet, reporters covering GM and Toyota. Thank you so much for joining me today, and welcome back to another year of Daily Drive. Thanks, Jamie. Thank you. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters, and I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News coordinating producer Jake Neer, as well as our own C.J. Moore, Hannah Lutz, and Audrey LaForest for their help on today's podcast. You can get the latest news on U.S. sales, electrification, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.